0: That's the beauty of it. Peter isn't telling you to do something. He's saying, sit back and listen. You get to overhear this conversation, what God has to say to pastors, what the incredibly high bar that God sets for pastors. You know, when Peter says that that pastors are to shepherd me, pastors are to care for me, pastors are to, to look out for me, pastors are to serve me, Pastors are to be an example for me. That's everything that Peter here is directing pastors to be. And when you realize that, you realize how high of a bar that is, you realize wow, Jesus must really love his churches. To have someone like that in your life, to have a pastor love you in Christ is one of the most wonderful blessings. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. The sermon almost didn't happen. It's not that I forgot to write a sermon this week or I wasn't scheduled to, I didn't think I was scheduled to preach here. But I read these verses, the same verses that you just read, and I wasn't so sure about them. I didn't, I didn't know if I'd have enough to say. I didn't know if it'd be relevant for you. Because you'll notice all these verses, they're not addressed to you. They're addressed to pastors. And well, you're not pastors, And and technically, I'm not a full-fledged pastor yet either. And so I was looking at these verses and I'm thinking, well, you know, is that going to be awkward? What are we going to do with these verses? But I was reminded of some advice that someone once shared with me, advice actually from a pastor who said, the scripture that you're tempted to just pass over is often the scripture that you need to hear the most. I'll take his word for it. And not just because when I sat down and, and wrote the first draft of the sermon, I realized I had way too much that I wanted to tell you this morning. But that really shouldn't come as a surprise, should it? Because all of God's word is relevant. It's useful. That's what, that's what God tells us about his word. It's useful. And this, this whole letter that, that Peter writes is incredibly relevant. Especially when you think about it for us today, Peter is writing this letter to churches who were recently planted. Does that sound familiar a little bit? Peter is writing to believers who are beginning to see persecution for their beliefs. And even these four verses that are specifically addressed to pastors, though we are not pastors, we've been thinking a lot about pastors recently. We said farewell to a pastor, we called a pastor, we have a vacancy pastor, and now in just a few weeks, we'll be getting a new pastor. So let me read these verses for you addressed to pastors. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This is God's word. All four of those verses addressed to pastors, about pastors. We're thinking about pastors, so let's talk about pastors. I think we might have a pastor problem. I think people's opinions of pastors and what they do might be changing. And I think that it might be, you know, these opinions are going downhill. Let me provide you with just a little anecdotal evidence to help you think about this. I've wanted to become a pastor for a long time, and I'd tell people that you know they ask what do you what do you do when you when you grow up and I said oh I want to become a pastor, and you know what they used to say, they'd say oh that's wonderful, we need more of those. Now when I tell people that I'm studying to become a pastor. Do you know what I've heard on more than one occasion? Are you sure? And I, I, I take that. I'm like, well, I don't know You know, I'm supposed to respond to that. You know, jokingly, I wish they would have asked me that 20 years ago maybe and we could have had that conversation. But it gets me thinking, what, are, what do people think of pastors? What do they think it means to have a pastor? I think there are some people out there who see pastors as sort of like, you know, the fun police. I mean, let's be honest. Would you really want to run into your pastor at that party on a late Friday night? Or how many how many pastors do you think are getting invites to that guy's weekend in Vegas? Some people see pastors as fun police. They tell them what they can and can't do, and I wonder if that even comes through in Peter's words to pastors a little bit when he says to be shepherds and to watch over, to to see what's going on in the flock. You know, if that's that's what a pastor is called to do in your life, what does that feel like? What does it feel like for a sheep when the crook end of a staff, that hook, comes around its neck and pulls it back? What does that feel like for someone in your life to say, no, you can't do that. To, to look over and see how you're living your life and saying, no, you can't do that. No, you should do this instead. People don't always like being told what they can and can't do. Now, I I love America and I love our freedom, especially on this weekend. But for the people who really, really love freedom, they may not want to have a pastor. Because some of that freedom may be at risk. So I think that's one group of people. There, there are people who don't want any pastors in their life at all. But I think there's also a group of people that are they're okay with pastors, but they just don't want to be pastored. Now what that means is that people want to be able to you know, choose their own spirituality, customize it however they see fit. And so if we again pick up that shepherd and sheep analogy, they're like sheep in the sense that they don't want to have just one shepherd to feed them. They'd rather have that freedom to go and wander and graze wherever they see fit because they don't want to be you know, penned in. They don't want to be restricted by beliefs and doctrines and all those things. They'd rather have some wiggle room. And so that would mean, you know, picking and choosing sort of what they want to believe from God's word. And maybe even insisting that, well, you know, a lot of God's word is open for interpretation, right? And so we can, we can really think what we want to think. So there are people who, Christian people, who are trying to do the Christian thing without being pastored. It's not a good idea, but it's really easy to do. Especially in the world today, in the world of YouTube and internet sermons and podcasts and forums, you can, somebody can go anywhere they choose without ever having to step through the front doors of a church, without ever knocking on a pastor's door, without ever being pastored. It's easy to do, but is it a good idea? Peter, in his word to pastors, addresses them as elders. Elders, these, these men who have spiritual wisdom, who have a trusted character. And even though this is what Peter says about pastors, people instead of going to their pastor would rather go and listen on a screen to somebody they they, they don't know the first thing about. They've never met a complete stranger. They don't know, you know what church he's from, what denomination, the first thing about him. It's sort of like it's sort of like if you know you grow up with a family doctor. This is the doctor who delivered you into the world who's been with you every step of the way knows everything about you your entire family medical history even he knows about the birthmark behind your left knee this is your family doctor instead of going to him with a problem instead you go to webmd and see what you can find there if you've ever been on webmd it's probably not a good idea But that's the point, is people are willing to do anything to keep that spiritual freedom, to avoid being pastored, to maintain that that spiritual autonomy. But where do you fit into all of this? You know, what's, what's your experience been with pastors have you been the kind of person that's willing to, you know, let a pastor into your life and, and shepherd you and guide you? Or would you rather keep that distance? You know, you don't want them to see the real you. These thoughts, if they're not running through your mind right now, they're probably going to be in, in just a few weeks. You know, as we have a new pastor coming to peace, what do you envision that relationship to look like? Do you want him to be the man who lives life with you, who knows what you're going through, who guides you and feeds you, who watches out for you? Oh, well, that's who God wants him to be in your life. That's why God puts pastors into your life. And this isn't just, you know, speculation. This is, this is what Jesus says. Jesus clues us into that in the gospel reading when he says, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And so what Jesus is saying is that those who speak God's word are speaking for God. And so when you think about how do I feel about pastors, that is a reflection in a way of how we feel God, those two questions are not that different because are there times in your life where maybe God feels like the fun police, you know, like somebody who's watching over your shoulder and and you know you probably shouldn't do that thing, but you really want to do that thing, or are there times where you would rather sort of pick and choose what God says in the Bible because a lot of the things he says are, are pretty serious. Or, or would, are we always going to God's door, knocking on his office door when there's a problem, or do we think that we can go it alone and figure it out all by ourselves? Without even realizing it, we try to live without God. And that is a problem. But when we realize that, when we realize that we have wandered, when we've let our sin and our selfish pride get in the way, then these verses from 1 Peter 5 are incredibly relevant today. No, they're they're not directly addressed to you. They're addressed to pastors. But that's the whole point. That's the beauty of it. Peter isn't telling you to do something. He's saying sit back and listen. You get to overhear this conversation, what God has to say to pastors, what the incredibly high bar that God sets for pastors. You know, when Peter says that that pastors are to shepherd me, pastors are to care for me, pastors are to, to look out for me, pastors are to serve me, pastors are to be an example for me. That's everything that Peter here is directing pastors to be. And when you realize that, you realize how high of a bar that is, you realize, wow, Jesus must really love his churches. To have someone like that in your life, to have a pastor love you in Christ is one of the most wonderful blessings. A pastor To feed you. A pastor to look out for you. Not to boss you around and tell you you can't do this and you should do this. But a pastor who rather wants to keep you safe. A pastor who when you do wander away from God will go out of his way to go and find you and bring you back into the flock. And he's not doing it for money. He's not clocking the hours. He's doing it because he wants to. He's doing it because he wants nothing or than to bring you closer to God and know what it is to be loved by Him. To have Jesus as your shepherd. To have a pastor is one of the most wonderful blessings from God. A pastor to feed you the truths of God's Word, not just His opinions, not just the cheap watered-down stuff, but the meat and potatoes. You know, the law and the gospel, the law which convicts and the gospel which comforts. Jesus wasn't going to leave you hungry. He never, ever has. He gives you a pastor to listen to you. A pastor who will sit in his office with you as you cry. As he cries with you. As he prays with you. And prays for you. Jesus wasn't going to leave you alone. He never has. I've heard a lot of stories from pastors about what they do as pastors. And one of those pastors, you know, to sit at the bedside of an 89-year-old woman and hold her hand and sing those songs from Sunday school, Jesus Loves Me, as he ushers her into the gates of heaven. To have a pastor love you in Christ. But of course, a pastor, a fellow sinner, can only love you in Christ like that, well, because he's been loved by Christ himself. He can only shepherd and guide you because he himself has had a shepherd. Peter refers to Jesus, that chief shepherd. And we know what Jesus, our shepherd, has done. He came to earth and he lived with the flock. He walked with his sheep. This is Jesus we're talking about, God's son, the Lord. Even though he was the Lord, he didn't lord it over the sheep. But he came to serve. And he served perfectly, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. Because he wanted you. He wanted to bring you into God's flock. And to love you with the full love of God. And to do that, he paid the ultimate price of a shepherd. He gave up his life for the flock. He was ripped apart by the wolves that were chasing after you. He felt what it was like To really live without God. Suffering the pains of hell. All in our place. That shepherd died. But he did not stay dead. But he lives to shepherd today. He lives to listen, to hold your hand. And as Peter clues us in, this chief shepherd will appear again. On the last day. And he will lead us again. He will lead us at last to life everlasting. Jesus, the chief shepherd, cares tremendously for you, his flock. For a church to have someone shepherd like Christ is a tremendous blessing. But it's also a tremendous responsibility for the pastor. In just three weeks, your new pastor, Pastor Crass, will be here. And can you imagine what sort of difficulties might be running through his mind? You know, besides the fact that he will be moving during peak humidity season, besides that, do you see what he might be thinking about right now? Actually, in three weeks, exactly three weeks, Pastor Crass will hear these very same verses, these four verses from 1 Peter 5. He'll hear them. And you're going to sit there and you're going to overhear the high bar that God has set for him. You see how that might be maybe a little intimidating? To have to come in and, and, and be an elder, though he is probably younger than most or many of you, you know, to be called to be God's shepherd, to oversee all of the ministry that happens here, to take care of all of these sheep while also looking for more sheep out there, to be an example of Christ and to have all eyes on him, it's a huge responsibility. And on top of all of that, he's coming in right after a pastor we all love has just left. And the comparisons, comparisons whether they are heard or imagined, between an old pastor and a new pastor can weigh tremendously on that new pastor. All of these responsibilities, all of these pressures, can really lead anyone to ask themselves, are you sure? I told you that people have been asking me that occasionally. You know I tell them, "I want to become a pastor, Are you sure?" And I wasn't always sure how I should answer that question. But I think the last 11 months have put some clarity in my mind. You know, a, a young man can look out into the world, can look into the mirror. Think of a hundred reasons. Why he shouldn't be sure, why he probably shouldn't become a pastor. But he can also stand up here and look out into this congregation and think of 101 reasons why he wants to become a pastor. By the grace of God, you've done that for me. You've put those words, yes, I'm sure in my mouth because you are God's flock you belong to God and so you love like Christ you have loved me and blessed me in the love of Christ in so many ways and for that I thank you and that's also why I can stand up here and be confident that you will do the same thing for Pastor Crass. I am confident that you will love him like Christ. I'm confident that you will see him as a tremendous blessing given to you by God himself. I'm confident that you will see him as your leader, as he leads under Christ, the chief shepherd. I know without a doubt that you're going to feed him well. I know that. (laughs) I'm confident of that, just as also I know he is going to feed you well. Spiritually, with the truths of God's word. I'm confident that you will care for him. God's shepherd. Just as he cares for you. God's flock. May God grant it. Amen.